Hello and welcome to Not So Secular. My name is Mon Reyes, I am a Catholic lay missionary here in the Philippines and I will be your host here today. In this episode, I'd like to briefly comment on an article that I saw posted by CBCP News recently about how back in 2020, the Philippines had the highest number of Catholic baptisms in the world. Of course, as a Catholic, I see this as something that is good, but I'd like to take this opportunity as well to get to talk about some other things that are also important alongside baptism, which we might be missing or not paying as much attention to, and those are evangelization, discipleship, and catechism. A couple weeks back, I already shared this article to our Facebook group, Not So Secular Discussions and Questions. And so if you are part of that group, you might have seen this already. And I'd like to expound on the brief caption that I gave when I posted this there. By the way, if you'd like to get more involved in this podcast, please do join our Facebook group. Like I said, Not So Secular Discussions and Questions. The link to that will be in the description below. And so, for today, without further ado, let's get started. As we begin, for context, I'd like to read to you a portion of the article that we will be referring to for this episode. I won't be reading the entire thing, but I will be linking to it in the description so that you could check it out for yourself if you are interested. The title of this article is, PH Continues to Lead World in Number of Catholic Baptisms. This was posted on April 18, 2022, and this is what it says in the first part. The Philippines has remained on top in terms of the country with the most Catholic baptism in 2020, a Vatican envoy said Sunday. Speaking on Radio Veritas, Apostolic Nuncio to the Philippines Archbishop Charles Brown said that it is a living testament of faith in the 500 years of Catholicism in the country. I am glad to share that the Philippines has the highest number of baptisms in 2020 compared to other places in the world, Brown said. Citing the Apostolic Nunciature in Manila, Veritas reported that the Philippines had 1.6 million newly baptized Catholics in 2020. Next to the Philippines is Mexico, which recorded 1.53 million baptisms, and Brazil with 1.12 million. In 2019, the Philippines also topped the list of Catholic baptisms around the world. So this is what it says. We are back-to-back leading the number of Catholic baptisms in the world, both in 2019 and 2020. 2020 is our reference point here because according to the article later on, these are the most recent figures that we have. And so yeah, this is good news. This is something to celebrate. I mean, baptism is good. Catholic baptism is good. Of course, speaking about it in terms of a sacrament, this is one of the sacraments of initiation where a person is welcomed into the church. And here in the Philippines, most of us are baptized as infants, right? As we were kids. And that's, that's, that's a very good thing. 
right? Growing, uh, that we have the expectation that we will grow in a Catholic household, that this is something that we apply as part of our tradition, as part of our culture, especially if you have a actively Catholic lola, right? That's how it happens, right? Oftentimes, even though the parents might not be all in on their Catholic faith, especially the younger ones nowadays, because of the family tradition, we continue to do this thing. And again, like I said, that is not necessarily a bad thing. But the question I'd like to raise, though, is, is that enough? Is that enough? Now, of course, I'd like to clarify that my message here in this episode is not to say that the sacrament of baptism is less effective because of this or that or a lack of this or that, and that is not the point. What I am simply trying to point out is it is good that baptizing our children, welcoming them into the Catholic Church is, is a part of our practice, is a part of our culture, is a part of our tradition. However, if that is all that it is, is that sufficient? Is that sufficient in helping our kids grow in maturity of their faith, in their faith? Again, it can be good that it's nearly automatic that we baptize children here, at least for the Catholic households, the Catholic families, right? But how many people do you know, okay? How many Catholics do you know who are only Catholic by name? Some of them might be attending Mass regularly each Sunday, and that's good if they're doing that. That's something to be encouraged. Some of them might not even be going to Mass at all. And yet, when they fill up their forms, when the religion section is, is found there, well, they just put in Catholic or Roman Catholic or something like that. Because that is their religious affiliation, even though they might not exactly be practicing Catholics. Or they might not even take the faith seriously. This is something that a lot of us, I think, have experienced, especially if you came from Catholic school. You know how we have those first Friday masses. No one wants to attend the first Friday masses typically, right? But we have to because the school organizes them and we have to be there. And I guess that's better than just going to class, at least from my perspective at the time when I was in grade school, high school. And the same goes for school retreats, right? We have these retreats where we, we have it before, usually before the graduation or um, certain recollections for the different grade levels where we take a day off from class and focus on these religious things and write emotional stuff for one another and about ourselves. And sometimes we enjoy it, other times we don't. Um, I think a lot of my classmates back then when I was in high school found it boring and I wasn't I wasn't really into it, although I did enjoy it because that meant that I, I got to get out of the classroom, be in a retreat house, be somewhere else, and be with my friends, do some stuff, watch Tanging Yaman or some movie like that. And, and that was part of the experience. But you see, oh, for example, um, I was raised Catholic, and I am very thankful for, for my parents who really took their faith seriously and I felt that I experienced that that was part of that was part of how I was raised that was part of how I was brought up and that I believe is part of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now I was always close to the church even though I didn't always take it seriously even though I didn't always understand it in the first place Brandon Vaught has this book called Return which is all about 
all about evangelizing your kids, basically. And there, in the beginning part, he talks about a group of people called cultural Catholics who are only Catholics because of the culture, not because they know the good news or they've heard it, not because they've accepted Jesus, not because they have a relationship with him, not because they partake of the sacraments and are active members of the church. No, it's just because this is what we do. This is what we're used to. We have a wedding. Of course, we need to have a Catholic wedding too because that's part of what we do. That's part of what it means to be a Catholic. Now, of course, that's not always applied, especially nowadays. The number of people who are getting married, are getting it's, it's getting lower and that's another topic for another day. But you see, a lot of us are cultural Catholics, even though we might be Catholic by name. And that's exactly just what we are most of the time. We're just Catholic by name. And that is why it is also important for us as active Catholics, or at least those of you who are listening to this who are active Catholics, who aspire to be active Catholics at least, that we also understand that aside from partaking of, of the sacrament of baptism, which again, I'd like to emphasize, is very, very good, alongside it, we need to struggle. We need to make the effort to actually, one, evangelize, two, catechize, and three, disciple. Now, what do we mean by these words? I'd like to start off by reading to you just the passage. Our passage for today is going to come from Matthew chapter 28. This is also known as the Great Commission. And this is what it says. Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. This was Jesus' last words in the Gospel of Matthew. He said this after he was resurrected. So this is post-crucifixion, post-resurrection. He meets with his followers, with his disciples. We're going to talk about discipleship. He meets with his disciples and tells them to go And make disciples, make other disciples, baptize them and teach them about the faith. Teach them to observe what I have commanded you. And that is what these things are all about. Evangelization. What is evangelization? Evangelization basically is to share the gospel. Gospel means good news. We share the good news. We proclaim the good news of our faith who Jesus is, what he has done for us, how we can return to him because our hearts are far away from him. How we, how might we do that? How might we be welcomed into his family once again? We are, of course, always welcomed, but how do we repent? How do we go home to that family? How do we make that decision? That is part of what it means to evangelize, to talk about Jesus Christ and what he has done to talk about his plan for us, to talk about what it means to be human in in terms of how we understand our creator. Because if we acknowledge that God is our creator and we acknowledge that we are his creation, then knowing him leads to knowing more about who we are. We proclaim this good news. We proclaim this gospel. Or do we? 
And that's the thing, right? Do we share this gospel? Do we share this good news? Do we talk about Jesus? Do we talk about our life in the church? And no, it doesn't have to be awkward. It doesn't have to be weird. You don't have to be that Jesus freak, Jesus weirdo type of friend who talks about nothing except Jesus. And that's not exactly a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. But of course, you don't have to be obsessed. You don't have to be all just it helps to have other things that you could talk about like a regular person, right? That's part of what it means to be a healthy human being. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, right? This is something that N.T. Wright has pointed out. He is an Anglican New Testament scholar and he talks about how we misunderstand good news for good advice. He says that good news, the gospel is good news, not good advice. What's the difference? Good advice sounds like this. You need to act in this way if you want to have this kind of result in your life. You need to live a good life and follow the Lord if you want to go to heaven. Something like that, you know, good advice. You tell someone what to do so that they could get a desired result. But that's not the gospel. The gospel is not good advice. The gospel is good news. What does that mean? When you talk about news, you're not talking about something that you have to do in the future to get a desired result. No, you're talking about something that has already happened. Something that has already taken place. Pag may binabalita, when something is being reported in the news, these are the things that happened today. These are the things that happened yesterday. These are the things that happened uh, since last week. This is the news. And the good news of what Jesus has done that is exactly it. It's what he has already done. It's what has already taken place, what has already happened. And as a result of which, the world we live in is a different place. The world we live in, everything has changed. And because of that good news, we adapt, we adjust, we change our ways. For example, if you have news, okay, this is not good news, this is bad news. If you have news of a volcano erupting, that's not advice, okay? It's not, oh, do this huh, so, that, so that the volcano would not erupt or do this so that the volcano would erupt. I don't know who would want a volcano to erupt, but, but that's the thing, right? We're not giving good advice when we report that a volcano is already erupting. That's news. It has already happened and now it affects you. You should seek shelter. You should go away from the volcano for safety. We respond to the news that the volcano is erupting because it's not good advice, it's good news. Something has happened and we respond because the world we live in is a different place because of that thing that had happened. Now, the gospel is all about what Jesus has done for us. Something has happened and as a result of which, we respond. The world is a different place. And it's important for us to understand that. And that is where we get into the second thing that I'd like to talk about today, which is catechism. So we have first evangelization, now we have catechism. What is catechism? Catechism is basically teaching, right? Teaching about the faith. There is a book called The Catechism of the Catholic Church. I reference it a lot in this podcast. And there we find the teachings of the Catholic Church. And when we teach that to someone, we catechize them. When that is taught to us, we are being catechized. And these are important things. If we take the faith seriously, then it matters that we learn about our faith. Not just the do's and don'ts from the base level, but the more mature understanding of our faith and seeking to know God 
through understanding our faith. This is very important because oftentimes what happens is that people reject what they think the Catholic Church teaches without actually understanding what the Catholic Church actually teaches because we don't take the time to learn about our faith. We just base it off of what society says, what the world says about about Catholicism. And so no wonder, no wonder we're confused. No wonder we have false understandings. No wonder we reject a lot of the things that the Catholic Church teaches because, well, maybe the Catholic Church isn't even teaching that. Or if it is teaching that, maybe we don't know why. And it's important for us to seek to understand as we grow in maturity. In the same way that if you have like a nephew, a niece who is young, three years old, say, you would teach them not to do something. You would teach them not to jump down the stairs. You would teach them not to put the fork in the electric outlet, okay? And that's for their safety. They don't understand that. They don't understand electricity. They don't understand gravity. But you tell them not to do it. You tell them about the practice, Okay, so that they don't get hurt. But as they grow in maturity, hopefully, they also grow in understanding. Ah, okay, so I fall when I jump and it's, a, it's, a, it's a quite a height and that might cause damage to my body. Oh, I'm not supposed to put the fork in the outlet because I'm going to get electrocuted. When, when he or she was three years old, no matter how hard you try to explain electricity, that person is not going to understand it. But as they mature, they gain better concepts, better handles to look at the world with. Now, the same is true for our Catholic faith. There are times when we just have to do the practices and apply this and don't do that and do this, even when sometimes we don't understand it, trusting in the guidance of our mother church. Now, as we grow, hopefully, we also learn more about it. Hopefully, we are also we are also intentional in learning why we do these things. Why we do that thing. Why do we believe this thing? Do we even have good reason to believe? And the beauty of the Catholic Church is that it is very rooted in philosophy, in history, in theology. And that there is so much, so much that we could learn about our faith and about the Lord in extension to that that would make us better Catholics and better human beings in general. So we evangelize, we share the good news, we catechize, we teach about the faith. The, the, the opposite route also applies. We receive the good news and we receive the teaching. Okay. Now the third one is discipleship. What does that mean? The word disciple comes from the root, the Latin root, discere, which means to learn. A disciple is a learner, okay? So what is, the, what is the difference between being catechized and being discipled? Well, discipleship during the time of Jesus, it was different. Because the Pharisees of their time, um, they would select people who are qualified, who know the law, can are able to read and memorize and study these things and are willing to dedicate their lives into teaching about the faith and they call them as disciples. And the disciples would live with the teacher, live with the master, follow them around, follow their ways, be covered in the dust of their teachers. That is how they, how they phrase these things because you are not just 
you're not just increasing in head knowledge, you are becoming more like the person that you follow. And that is what it means to be a disciple. We become more like Jesus Christ. We become more like the person that we follow. Not just learning about concepts and principles and ideas, although those are important, but also knowing how to apply these in our lives and knowing the person behind the teachings, and that is Jesus Christ. Part of discipleship also is belonging to a community, belonging to a family who could journey with you, walk with you, teach you how to love, because a lot of people in church are difficult to love, to be honest. And, and also, you contributing to that and helping others also grow in their faith. You see, our faith is very much interconnected. Yes, we are being realized more and more fully as individuals as we grow in, in, in our relationship with Christ. But at the same time, that is not something that happens in isolation. Okay, We grow as individuals, but not in an isolated manner. We are not separated from our brothers and sisters. And we talked about this in the past. Right? If God is our father, and if he is your father, and if he is that person's father, that person's father, well, that means that we are brothers and sisters. Okay, And we, we have to learn how to get along with one another, even though that's often difficult. And that is part of the life of being a disciple. We obey, we follow if you go back to the original Hebrew, the word for hearing and listening and obeying is the same. It's all just one word. It's Shema, to hear, to listen, to obey. Try to think about it in this way, okay? If you said, nah, I listened to my mom when she told me to take out the trash, but I didn't take out the trash. Did you really listen to your mom then? The answer is no. Because part of what it means to listen to someone is to actually align yourself with what they said, right? Or to at least understand that and apply it, apply a certain part of it at least, right? So for, for the, the, ancient, the ancient Hebrews, that idea of obeying and listening are very much interconnected. And, and they also have this idea of knowing. To know someone is not just to know about someone, but it's so easy to know about someone, especially in this time of social media. Just look up their Instagram, look up their Facebook, look up their Twitter. Their Twitter is often the most telling. <laughs> and you can know a lot about someone based on what they post, but to know someone is to have encounters with them personally. Uh, to know someone is to actively engage with them, have shared spaces. Talk to them, be with them, spend time with them. That is how we know another person. And how do we know Jesus Christ? Well, it's a lot like that also, but in all of these different ways. So again, going back to our first point, this is good. You know, we're, we have a lot of people being baptized. This is, this is super good. Now, coming from there, let's take it one step forward. Another step forward. Another step forward. Let's not just be Catholics by name. Let's be Catholics in practice. Let's be Catholics in our lives. How might we do that? We evangelize, proclaim the good news. We catechize or we be catechized. We learn about our faith and we teach, we share about our faith also. And we disciple and we be discipled. We are disciples. We should be, at least. And all of these three things should be applied in word and deed. There's that fake St. Francis quote 
that is notorious, which says, Preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. So it's, it's trying to be clever, right? Use words if necessary. So you're supposed to preach the gospel with your actions. And that's true, okay? It's true to preach the gospel with your actions. But you see, St. Francis never really said that. Trent Horn talks about this because he has a book called What the Saints Never Said. And St. Francis didn't say preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. Because if you want to preach the gospel, yes, you have to do it with your actions, but you have to also do it with your words. You also have to talk to people about it and engage with people. And hopefully as we go forward, as we have our future episodes, we also get to address that. How do you do that? And all these sorts of things. Hopefully, in previous episodes, the Natan have been helping you um, get catechized, but learn more about our faith or hear about our faith, hopefully. And um, this is something that we're doing together. And yeah, this is this is what it's about. And you might be listening to this right now. Maybe you're not a Catholic. And well, it's good that you're here. Right? It's good that you are hearing more about these things. And hopefully you could think about them more. You could ponder on them more. Talk to someone about it. And this is something that's worth thinking about. This is something that's worth talking about this is something that's worth applying in our lives and so that is it for today thank you very much everyone for listening all the way through please don't forget to give us a rating a review on spotify apple or whatever podcast platform you're using to listen to this i hope this was helpful for you and so see you next episode bye everyone